Welcome to the clan. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means that they want you just as much as they want as you want them, or they need you as much as you need them. And that's the that's the way that the business is happening in today's music industry. Uh, that's how you're going to get the 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 manager. That's how you're going to get the booking agent. That's how you're going to get the label deal. That's how you're going to get the pub deal. They, they want to know you're out there and you're making stuff happen. And, and it's not a, a dream. It's not an idea. It's already happened. I got a, I got a track record. Check it out. We've given you different ways to make that happen. That's why we called it the climb, creating leverage in the music business. It's so crazily simple and that is uh the beauty of that is from my good friend and co-host mr brent baxter that's a back a baxternym brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady antebellum joe nichols and more and he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro do business like a pro and not only that on the regular he gives you opportunities to connect with the pros and you can find run at songwritingpro.com once again that's songwritingpro.com and i would like to introduce you to my co-host johnny dwinnell johnny owns daredevil production daredevil has created over 25 national tv opportunities for their independent artists. They've done this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of digital marketing data. I know it's sexy. They've attracted a number of investors for the artists. Ooh, actually that is sexy. And the investors like the uh, numbers because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production singular with no S and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing brother? Man, I'm, I'm rocking along. Got my fidget spinner. Got my little stress ball here to play with while we're talking. <laughs> got my coffee. Nice. What are we going to learn today? All right. Well, today we're going to talk about, um, you know, questions that I get asked kind of fairly regularly in the climb community. Uh, you know, people from the climb community, people in the songwriting pro community. It's like, what kind of song should I play for a publisher? So if you get the chance to play a song for a publisher, what kind should you play? Should it be a yeah, what kind of demo should you play a co-written song? Should it be a solo right? Should you aim for radio or just something that you dig? We're going to dig into that. All right. Sounds good. Well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. Um, you know, it's a digital world and there's there, most stuff is going back and forth in that digital realm, but there's still a super important role for physical media and to, for today's independent musician. Uh, our artists make a boatload of money on physical merch CDs when they're playing live and USBs and all that kind of stuff. Um, the digital royalty payments are so small that uh, selling products like a CD vinyl or t-shirts at a gig has become an, not just an important income generator, but the main income generator. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. Like for every CD. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking CD old school, right? For every CD that you sell at a gig, you need about ah, 3000 streams to make the same amount of money as an artist. So that's a lot of streams. Yep. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is. That, that's, that's rough. So, um, so our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for discs and for other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. And you can find them at www.discmakers.com, D-I-S-C, makers.com, or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. There we go. All right. And if you haven't joined the climb community, please do so. This is a really super active community. If you've had any experience with face groups at all, you're probably like, wah, wah, wah. these are somebody set them up. They're neglected. Yeah. There's nothing going on or people are, to use Brent words are, you know, screaming into a corner mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to promote themselves. Uh, that's not what's happening here. There's all kinds of information, uh, positive stuff, just good news that you can use information, artists and songwriters going back and forth, giving each other help, support, information. Um, you know, I've been a little out of the pocket here for a few weeks now uh, for obvious reasons with my mother, but um, it, it, mostly Brent and I are in there too and, and able to, to comment on stuff as well. So uh, it's forever growing and uh, we're super proud of it. So you, you got to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Just be good boys and girls or you'll be roadhoused out, but, but please join the client community. We'd love to see you in there. Um, right. And actually, I'm going to do a quick survey here. So Johnny's been out of pocket uh, with family stuff. And I've been in Facebook jail again. 
I'm in it again. Again. Did you do that link? Did you did you get a chat with anybody no, in that link? Uh, not on the one you sent me, but I, I've. You got to do that. that another way because that was for ads and stuff. And this, but is, still, you you but get you, somewhere. Yes. Get, yeah, get sent somewhere. And I've already helped another songwriter buddy of mine. He was like, "Hey, dude, you've been in Facebook jail a lot. Can you help me out with?" I'm like, "Yes, I got a link I can send you." <laughs> I got a guy. I should, I got a guy. He, he makes hits. Hey, puts puts files in it. This book. <laughs> anyway, so over on the climb community here, just uh, scrolling down, we have uh, you know weekly recap from our friends over freddy.com f r e t t i e. We have wordplay Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday, so it's a creative Kickstarter is in this group. So if you get the the pen or the pick moving, uh, Chelsea Stallings is helping out uh, posting the gig alert. So it's a place you can go. Hey, you got a gig? You post it under that. Let people know where you're playing. Uh, let's see. Johnny's posted some helpful stuff. Social shares. We got Wade Sutton, our buddy over at Rocket to the Stars, posted about a uh, really cool hack that uh, you can get your uh, you can add one of your songs to your personal Facebook page, so it appears just below your profile picture. Seems like a cool, helpful hack. And so our buddy Wade uh, adds a link there, so you can do that. So just helpful stuff in there and stuff. And that's just this week. That's just that's this just week. Like scrolling through the top little part of it. So yeah. So that's that means it's really like just maybe the last day or two. So lots of content going on there. Subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, then all the episodes immediately come in automatically and in order. You can consume them as you wish. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review. T- tell everybody else what you think about it. And and that's honestly the best way that you can attribute. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Attribute. Uh, uh, Brandon and I is tell somebody about it. If there's an episode that really, hit you in the feels that that you had an epiphany the aha moment something like that then tell somebody post it on your social media with a link tell your friend hey you gotta you gotta check at least two of these episodes out and then there's a whole bunch of information here that can tremendously help you so that we appreciate that uh to the to the end of the to the moon and back to the end of the earth and back all right so what kind of songs that i need to be presenting to a publisher well, it's cool. We have a couple different uh, theories on this. I've talked to a couple different publishers on this. So let's dive into that here. Let's see. All right. So um, a little while back, we had a, a play for publisher event um, that Songwriting Pro hosted. It was with Chris Oglesby from BMG Chrysalis. And so this was about a year, two years ago, something like that. I've been doing these for a while, but something he said was on topic here. And then I have a, a newer bit of info from one, uh, a Know the Pro event we just had at Freddy's. So Chris said, and this basically paraphrasing about this question, like what kind of songs should I play for a publisher? And he, and he said, play songs for publishers that you love. Don't just play what you think the publisher will love. After all, you don't really know the publisher's personality and you don't know them or you don't know them personally. So you don't really know what they're going to like because you don't know them. Right? So songs that you love though, they tell the publisher a lot about you. And that's valuable. So instead of aiming at what you think they'll like, Chris is saying, bring it some that you love. That way the publisher can get to know you. And I think that has a lot of value to it. You know, I think so too. I mean, I, you know, what popped into my head as soon as you said that was how, and I th- I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it off the podcast, but when you do the play for publisher events and you mm-hmm. have a certain publisher, you get 250 songs and mm-hmm. you're having to listen to every single one and pick the top 10, but you're curating for that publisher because yeah. you know that publisher, right? Mm-hmm. You know what that publisher likes, what they lean towards, um, you know, what, what sort of gets them excited. So, if you're getting a, a first publishing appointment, a first meeting, and you don't know the publisher, why, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, you know, since you don't, since, why would you want to guess? Why would you want to go into a room with some material that you're guessing on who would like? Because I, I would imagine, Brent, that out of those 250 songs, there might have been a couple had it been another publisher that would have made the top 10, right? Um, it might be, or, uh, cause really the way I look at it is, is largely what I think Chris is looking at. Like, I think publishers are looking for more than just a great song. They're looking for a great songwriter. Yeah. And they want to get to know you. Like, is there something of you in here? What do you have to say? Like uh, Tim yeah. Hunzi, um, buddy, he's a publisher. He talks about, you know, I want to find writers that have something to say. And 
you know, of course they want to write, you know, work with writers. They're going to write radio hits and make a ton of money, you know, but what's the special sauce that's going to make your song different and tasty. And I think when you bring in something that you love that shows you, because again, because what do you want? You want a relationship with this publisher, right? And if you're falsely representing yourself, but it's like, man, I, I got a couple songs that I think are just really radio and I hate them, but you know, cause I hate radio, but I think <laughs> like, funny. So, or it's like, I don't love this one, but man, it just feels like it's what the market wants. You know, my view of what the market wants and I'll play that and instead of this really cool, different stuff or whatever that I write, you know, that I love. Um, I think it's basically what Chris is saying is play what you love. So I get to know you. Focus on creating, not, don't focus, don't walk into the meeting focused on trying to get a cut. Right. Walk into the meeting focused on trying to create a relationship and trying yeah. to demonstrate that you're a good songwriter. Yeah. And, and that's what I look forward to play for publisher is, you know, there are plenty of, or a handful of songs anyway that come through that are just like right down the middle, safe as they can be, feel like radio, and I could maybe hear people, some people singling these and just be kind of being another single, <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, that was a thing for a minute, wasn't it? Um, they're fine. They're well-crafted, but they're just ultimately kind of vanilla. Like oh, I could probably get a thousand of these on the mm-hmm. road. People mm-hmm. And then there are other things that come in that have more edges on them. And not that they have to be edgy, but they, there's just something more rough around the, or something more honest or something more believable or something like, whoa, I can't believe I actually said that. Something that shows me like, okay, this person can go to a deeper place, a different place, something that stands out. So there's been some songs that have made it through to the top 10 that aren't as shiny and polished. And I don't even just mean sonically as some of the other songs. They aren't as safe. And some mm-hmm. of that danger is intriguing to me because then I feel like I want to know what this person has to say. I feel like they have something more to say than the perfectly polished, safe, sterile, sanitized. We think this is what radio likes, so therefore the publisher may like it. And it ends up being kind of just vanilla. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I think that's kind of what Chris is talking about. And I don't get a sense for who that writer is as much as if there's something that's a little edgy and you know, giving someone a reason to say no <laughs> is also the reason someone may say yes to your song. So that's kind of how I look for it. I'm looking for writers, even if the song's not perfect, but there's something in there that just goes, this person's a writer. Like there's something. Yeah. To work I wonder if there's, uh, I'll bet you there's songwriters out there who are maybe pulling their punches a little bit Yeah, because they, they want to try to fit in, right. Mm-hmm. They want to show that they can, Toe the line, the company line, the Music yeah. Row line. And um, there's a bunch of writers on Music Row who already toe that line. So I would mm-hmm. bet from like a managerial perspective, like, y- y- you know, a higher up perspective, I would be, and I'm not a publisher here, so this is just my stupid opinion, but I would want to look for that edge to mix in with the guys that I know. Mm-hmm are aware and, and capable of putting together a hit and doing and, and understand what radio wants. But I want to, I want to add a little pepper into that soup mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, like special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. A little special sauce into that. So, so here's a situation where, you know, don't pull your punches, your edge, your, your, your different way of thinking about it might be refreshing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, I think it's better to be too real than, and too raw than too vanilla. Cause at least they know they heard something. Yeah. It's going to be compelling, positive or negative. It may be like, Oh, or even like, I mean, I got that with Monday morning church. Like, well, that'll never be on the radio, but dang, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of reaction. Like, and you're like, huh? <laughs> and well, and I was like, okay, you're probably right. And they were probably right. Probably. Yeah. It just, yeah. you know, but at least when people are heard that they go, oh, okay, he can, he can go there. And I mean, not for nothing on that note, on that note, just so happens of all your cuts, that's the, that's the highest charting. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's the biggest success I've had. So I think it's that kind of thing. I had a publisher tell me, and I've told this story on here before, but uh, Brownlee Ferguson, the the owner of Blue Water Music, he was talking about just writers in general, but he said, you know, too many writers knock all the cool stuff off their song, all the cool edges off their song before they walk out of the writer's room because they're so worried about what radio will say, what radio won't say. And then they come out with this really safe, nice product. And he goes, I, and I can't do anything with that. 
because you know Blue Water is a boutique, you know, publishing company. They didn't have all the all the big connections and power stuff of of like a Sony, ATV, or Warner Chapel or something. He's like, we got to have something different. He goes, I can always ring you in, but I can't bring you out. If you're too safe, I can't do anything with that. If you if you go a little too far, I can go eh, back it off a little bit because I can't help you if you're just too safe. And I think that's a great way to operate. Uh, you know, as your career advances, you learn maybe where, where to take those chances and where not to. But I think a publisher is probably more interested in go, oh, they have something to say. And maybe we can refine this and get them with people that can make it, uh, what is it, Tim Hunsey calls it, like corporate radio hit suspicious <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> hit suspicious. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's so much just like even just people-wise, um, I'll, I'll – connect this to something completely unrelated to songwriting, but it, it still holds water. Like hiring, mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I've hired for, I mean, before I started Daredevil and I'm hiring for Daredevil, I, I was a national sales director for a multitude of different companies, hiring salespeople. I'm interested in um, people who have that, that gumption, that, that drive, that moxie. And I love a diamond in the rough, you know, because then I can even mold them to where I want them to be. I don't have to untie certain knots. I don't have to, uh, you know, unlearn stuff. It's, it's, I want them to be um, outside of the box. And I would rather, if, if you think about like a, you know, a Doberman pincher on a chain, I would rather be pulling on that chain than having to slap the dog on the butt going, come on, go get that. Then drag that. it, right? Hold yeah. it back and drag it. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it can be refined. So be, be yourself. That's what a real artist is. And that's where most artists, most wannabe artists fail. Um, they won't be that vulnerable. They won't be that. They want to be safe. Yeah. And you know, if, if the publisher loves that thing where you're kind of faking it and that's what your relationship is built on, that's a lot, you know, do you really want that relationship to be based on that? You have to keep hiding who you are because who you are is going to come out in your work. And if they don't like that, boy, we sure would have been better to know that up front and find the person that does like that because you are going to come through eventually. We hope. Um, I think about football. So I was, I had a coaching session with a, a guy named Dave, good dude, good writer, uh, everything but everything's just it's good it's safe it's good and i know he's a football fan and so i'm like okay you've heard of brett Favre? he's like yeah, of course and johnny you'll like this yeah okay, already you had me at, you had me at, at far yes <laughs> uh, um so anyway i was like okay think about brett Favre, and, and i don't know if he still does but he had like the the touchdown record for a while throwing most touchdowns i don't know if he still yeah. does uh-huh. okay. So three more still touchdowns at the time than anybody had thrown touchdowns in the NFL. Yep. Major accomplishment. But he could also, also lead the league in interceptions. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, and it's like Babe Ruth. He did the same thing. Like he would lead the the pros in home runs in baseball, but he would also lead it in strikeouts. Yeah. But what do we remember? Remember the yeah, home run record and with the touchdown record. And you only you only remember the the possibility of interceptions for that 0.5 to 2.5 seconds of the average play when the ball's in Brett's hands and the play goes sideways. And you're like, oh crap, here we go. Yeah, here we go. There's, right. there's a 50-50 chance it's going to be yeah. a catastrophe or it's going to be the most exciting thing that ever happened. That's what made him so exciting. It was so volatile, you know? Yeah. But but you're right. Looking back, all we remember we, we don't remember the interceptions. We just remember the the crazy plays that he made and and just the the, the scramble, the 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 scrap, the 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 schoolyard mm-hmm. little hustle thing, you know? Yeah, and where yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. And uh, you know, so I told him, I said, you need to look, put more Brett Favre in your game, in your songwriting game. Like, take some chances. You yeah. may throw interceptions. It may get batted down. It may be not work, but at least you have the possibility of magic. You know, I was thinking about, I, I, I kind of brought up this in a different conversation, but we had that, I told you we had that meeting with Lonely Highway yesterday. And one of the things I talked about was Bruce Springsteen, okay? And uh-huh. the idea behind 
like when we were just talking about how record labels develop artists and how they're not developing them anymore. That was the context of our conversation, but it came mm-hmm. up and this applies to this conversation. If you haven't listened to Bruce Springsteen's first record, Greetings from Asbury Park, mm-hmm. go listen to it and know, and, and cause it's, it's out there, man. You know, okay. it is not what you, because you know, Bruce Springsteen from all the, born in the USA, you know, and, and yeah. born to run and all that. But you can see how the label saw him as a diamond in the rough and then developed him into a, a songwriter. And he, and, and not, that's not to take anything away from Bruce. I mean, he had to go through the journey, but if like, know this, when he handed that record in, <clears throat> Clive Davis sent it back and said, I can't put any of this on the radio and you need to, you need to write me a couple radio songs or I can't promote it. And so literally in a short amount of time after he spent, I don't know how long trying to write that record, uh, he came up with, um, with uh, uh, blinded by the light. And what was the other big early hit that uh, like Patty Smith had a hit with it? It's covered a lot. Um, I still can't remember that. But anyway, those, the two songs that were the radio that were on the radio, they weren't hits. The record pretty much bombed, but mm. cr- the critics loved it. And it wasn't until man for man, if you know, blinded by the light, you probably know man for man's version. Uh, you know, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce, another road. And he, he made that a pop hit, a number one hit, mm. which probably saved Bruce's career. But listen to, that first record because you can see where he's like where he went mm-hmm. he stuck out like a sore thumb as a writer and he had all this sort of weird way of putting stuff together it was very cerebral and you know blue collary and stuff like that but it, it was they they there's no hits on that record you know mm-hmm. and 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 then then think about the songs that you know well from Bruce Springsteen and you can see how he made that arc, right? How he, how he learned, but he got noticed because of that. And you've listened to that and you're like, why the, how the hell did they think this guy was a songwriter? <laughs> I mean, he's a, in, in, as far as like, and I'm just speaking in, in the framework of pop of commercial, pop, of commercial yeah. music. Cause this isn't commercial. This is like real artsy fartsy, like, uh, you know, the, the, everybody's going to, snap their fingers and yes it's not a question of quality it's just quality within the realm of what you're trying to do yeah yeah so i mean so so like just for a reference point i think there's a great little artist Mm -hmm. date with yourself right you Mm -hmm. go listen to that record listen to it and then be like okay use that as the validation and the uh uh, what's the word i want to use the permission for you to do whatever the hell you want to do and be edgy and be out there and 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 write about that real stuff yeah and you know and then we had a know the pro event on on freddy.com f-r-e-t-t-i-e uh with our buddy uh tim hunsey music publisher in town and and that was one of the questions about what kind of song should people play if they get a meeting with someone such as yourself should they play what they think radio wants should they play what they think you want or should they just play something you they love and and he was more balanced on that than say Chris was. Chris was like, play me something you love. So I get to know you. And Tim's like, yeah, but also you should show that you have an idea of where the market is and what radio wants, <laughs> you know, like you should show an awareness, which is a professionalism is right. kind of how I take it is yes, but really, you know, balance that. Like, I want to know you have an idea that you, you want to write stuff that I can do something with. And so not, so I, I kind of blend those two, like, okay, let's, let's look at this. Something that's got some edges on it. Something that I personally like and go, this is, this represents me well. And I like writing this stuff, Um, which, you know, you're not going to capture all facets of yourself in one song. No, or in one meeting or in one meeting. Right. But it's like, yeah, this is this stuff I like doing. I'm not just playing this just as a mercenary. (laughs) <laughs> you know, for you just to try and make a buck, but then also balance that with, but I understand where the radio is too. And which is where I try to write. Can I, can I, can I interject here for a second? Yeah. So here's another potential landmine mm-hmm. that I see a lot. Um, there's a famous line from Smokey and a Bandit, uh, mm. 
where they're out of the car, they're in that, they're on that little bridge. They're just about to have their kiss. Right. And mm. she's like, have you ever heard of Elton John? And he's like, no. And, and she's like, uh, you know, she names a couple other like rock pop artists. And he's like, you ever heard of Brenda Lee? And then he's like asking her, you ever heard of Brenda Lee? She's like, no, you ever heard of, you know, and he's going through his artists and she's yeah. close. He's like, see, I think it depends on what part of the country you're standing in. Is it just how stupid you are? <laughs> that was a clever way of saying that. So here's my point on this, man, your, your understanding of what's happening in radio is very possibly, uh, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. not accurate <laughs> um, yeah. for, for a number of different reasons. Uh, I'll tell you this, like when we first got out on the road, when I was an artist, uh, we grew up in the Milwaukee radio market. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Milwaukee radio loves Rush, right? Mm -hmm. So we love Rush mm -hmm. and we could play Rush, which was mm -hmm. something most bands couldn't do back then because the musician level was super high. Right. And, um, and so we had put together a Rush medley Right. That was yeah. like our, our, gonna kill. our muscle back home. flex. Yeah. yeah. Like it went from hemispheres all the way up to uh, power windows. And it had like, you know, YYZ in its entirety and La Vila Strangiato in its entirety. And we could nail the fire out of that. And when we played it in Milwaukee, it killed. Like people loved it. And then we played it in Nebraska and it was like, you know, tumbleweeds. Like, what, yeah. what the hell are you playing? They didn't hear that wasn't their experience. They're not as familiar right. with Rush as we were because they're in a different radio market. Here's another example. So, so I'm operating, you have to understand, you have to be aware like where you're at. Like you better make sure that number one, you're getting an accurate representation of what's happening in the whole country. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise you might go into a meeting thinking if you're trying to aim for what you think radio should be, that would be the equivalent of me going in with a Rush song and them going, what the hell? Well, yeah. <laughs> This ain't going to be on the You're radio. Milwaukee, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And I remember uh, like Tanya, Tanya Marie Harris. We, it was an artist uh -huh. we work, an incredible artist in uh, Canada. Cut a song uh, of mine, thank you. That's right, cut a song of yours. And when she first came down, she was wanting to do the um, angry, because that was right when Carrie Underwood came out with... Um, uh, Before He Cheats. Before He Cheats. So all of a sudden, the angry ex-girlfriend thing... Mm -hmm. was was real hot but by the time she got to us now she's also in canada mm -hmm. right so it's it's not as they're, they don't have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in nashville i mean they get you know the singles from carrie underwood and tim mcgraw at the same time we do but they also have their their own flavors and their own stuff mixed in as well but yeah it is it's it's its own it's, and uh -oh. it's, so here's a normal thing like just from a producer industry standard uh, uh, what you love by the time it's gotten that popular and by the time it's been around that long, like what you love could very possibly be played out. And that okay. was what happened. So she came down, she wanted to do the angry ex-girlfriend thing. And we we're kind of like, okay. Um, and you know, Kelly and I were both like, 
but that's already done. You know, like she's already been done. We don't like, how are we going to direct her to do, Mm -hmm. to, to to capture her talent, but to not want to hang her hat on this because nobody's going to even care about this. And so then really we, you know, we brought up the, just kind of who she was. She had just had a baby. And mm-hmm. so we're like, you know, are you, you're happily married and you have a baby. Do you want to be doing like drinking songs and, uh, and angry ex-girlfriend songs? And she's like, Oh, I, I never even thought about it that way. We're like, yeah. Like whew, yeah. You know, crisis averted. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and so we did, so we kind of scratched the, she wanted to scratch with your song because that was yeah. a third party thing where the she third person. And yeah. Third person thing. And it wasn't there, but here's a situation where, uh, you know, they're still spinning that song and heavy rotation up there. And so she still feels like it's done, but that ain't going to fly down a music world because we're past that already, you know? Right. So, so the, the danger is if you think you know what radio wants, mm-hmm. you know, you better darn well make sure you know what radio wants because if you're, if you're coming through the, 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 the rose-colored glasses of your specific marketplace and that's it and you're not looking at the billboard charts mm-hmm. and you're right. not looking at what's going on everywhere else, if you're not a student of that game, but just be yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be yourself. Uh, and so that's a good point. So I think of Carthage, Missouri. My, my wife's hometown. And they, I mean, it's, it's funny, like in Carthage, you hear stuff that you won't hear in Nashville, right? Because it's not a P1 station. It's not a, it's a smaller station. So you get secondary radio. Oh, so that's another good point. Yeah. All these indie artists. And I mean, I remember, um, you know, when I met my wife and her brother, Matt Klein, that's how I met her, you know, he had these, you know, cassettes of like smoking armadillos, which was like a Texas, Oklahoma band that had <laughs> one little song on radio. Uh, it was like a cowboy rap thing, like back in the early mid nineties or whatever. And, uh, you know, but they were kind of a big deal around these parts, you know, around yep. Missouri yep. or Ricochet was, you still hear Ricochet on the radio in Carthage kind of thing. And it just, it, a different flavor. It's more regional. It's more, yeah. Indie charts. And, and I mean, the only time I heard my buddy Lane Turney, he had a record out for a, a hot second on Warner brothers. Only time I ever heard a single on the radio was driving through Missouri. And I call him, yeah. Lane, I hear your single, you know, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately never heard it again, but it's like out in the hinterlands, you know, in the boonies. Well, well, no, this, so, so this is a good but point. So, you know, really, music world much money. Exactly. But, but it's, it's, so again, it's like what you, you're, you're a product of what input you're getting. It's just like yeah. a computer garbage in garbage out, or it doesn't mean, I'm not saying that it's garbage, but I'm right. saying like you, you're, we are, the human brain is a product of what's coming in. This is why, um, you know, abused women begin to believe that they're worthless because they're told that they're worthless all the time. That's what's right. coming in. And they start to believe that. Right. So you, to your point with Matt Klein, like the, the smoke and armadillos, that's what was coming in. He really liked that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that spoke to him, but that is a very regional thing. So know this like secondary radio, if you're in a secondary market, a lot of secondary markets are, orbit they're not just standalone markets they are within the realm of a p1 market mm-hmm. right like do, do you get p1 radio in, in carthage from a Probably big so i mean closest town big town is like joplin fifty thousand. springfield's like an hour away so the closest you know so okay so let's take an example like um so let's take an example like bowling green kentucky kansas city two hours okay so so if we take bowling green kentucky which is a secondary radio market Still, you can get, not very clearly, but you can get Nashville radio in, mm-hmm. in Bowling Green, some of the stations, okay? So part of the, the business model of secondary radio is they can't play the exact same thing that P1's playing because they'll just listen to P1. Right. They'll listen to the major they market. They clear. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll listen to that. So I'll what they do... To your yeah. point, they're gonna they're playing more indie artists, and uh, they 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 still play some of the big hits on the station for the right. from from the major labels, but they're playing a lot of of um, of uh, you know indie stuff mm-hmm. because that's how they separate themselves in the marketplace. They got to offer something different than 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 P one radio. So if if you're getting your information from P one radio, and that's where you're formulating your opinion of what radio wants. <laughs> right and and you're gonna then you're gonna come over and you're gonna try to apply that knowledge to music row and they're gonna be like who the hell is smoking armadillos what is this right <laughs> right yeah 
I mean, do you see the point there, guys? Like that's, that's where, that's the connection I'm trying to make. So be aware of where you're at and make sure again, make sure you know, mm-hmm. that it, you know, make sure you're aware of it. And that's why I think the safest play to your point of this whole episode is be yourself. Just be, be yourself. yourself. I mean, cause maybe that smoking armadillo influence is what's going to be. It's funny. We keep saying that band name is <laughs> what's going to help set you apart and be the you. Say it again. Unique you smoking armadillos. Mufasa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but also you know i wouldn't worry i mean you always want to try to aim for where you think radio is going to be and not just where it is but even coming in if you if you can demonstrate an understanding of where radio is then you demonstrate at least some clear understanding and you're studying and you're applying and so i think balancing that with bringing in you the unique you that is you so in other words going okay I, I'm not bringing in, I love it, but I know, I realize it's a five minute ballad. Well, that might be, it might be a great ballad, but you show, you're not show you're not even a radio with that. Cause that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So what does showcase you that you love that also is like, yeah. And it's a tempo and it's three minutes and it's positive And it's got the sing along course and there's something hooky about it that like, Oh, okay. I can hear that you, I can tell you're aiming at the target because bottom line, you don't keep a deal if you don't get singles because that's where the only money is really. And so they got to get radio. And if, if if you come in with a stack of songs that show no relevance, yeah, any, any similarity between you and radio is purely coincidence and it's rare, you know, why start there? Yeah. Gosh, they're going to have somebody else come in five minutes after you that has an awareness and has talent and hard work, but also does the study and goes, yeah, well, yeah, I know the target we're looking at. Doesn't that make sense if I want to hit a target to know where it is and where it's going? Yeah. So, uh, so that's the big stuff on that is, so I advocate for balancing the two, showing awareness of where radio is and where you think it's going. And, but don't keep it so vanilla that you don't shine through and that it's something they can get anywhere anywhere on music row from 2000 different riders. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. But why you look yeah. you smell better than the other riders. I mean, that's not enough. Right. right. You know, that's right. Coffee, that's nice, but not going to do it. So, and also real quick, um, I'll check on our time here. Okay. As far as what kind of recording, um, I'd say, for a publisher, I always want to put my best foot forward. So whatever your best recording is of that best song, right? So it's like Sudoku. We have to work in like three different angles to make all these numbers line up. If you ever play Sudoku, you just got to go across in the vertical, the horizontal, and also the little the diagonal nine square within the bigger oh, yeah, yeah. box. So there's like three different ways this all has to work out. So something that you love that shows you something that shows an awareness of radio and the commercial realities of the business we're working in. Then also something that sounds good. And, and Tim said it the other night and I agree. And it's something, and basically it's a good guitar vocal beats a bad demo. Yes. You can't do a great demo or good demo. Just do something simple and do it well. It's addition by subtraction sometimes. Cause instead of having that really bad pedal steel, that sounds from 1985, and Adam, right. or if or if you're the guy that's that because you don't have access to a great studio or great musicians, or maybe you can't afford a pro demo, if you try to play it all, mm-hmm. and maybe like you're a decent guitar player, but you but suck you at drums great. and bass and and steel and fiddle, yeah. and it just sounds like like a two fisted yeah. ass knot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, here we go. So yeah, good guitar vocal. Beats a bad demo. If the best you have is a good, clean one take in an iPhone, then that's what you got to roll with. But, I mean, for me, I am considered a pro in the business. And when I meet with publishers for the first time, when I meet new people, I only play fully demoed stuff that is a good demo. Because I still want to yeah. – that's the image and that's the brand I want to put forward is professional as I get to know them, I'll maybe play them a work tape. Like, Oh dude, I just wrote this. I'm excited about it. And they, they get, I just wrote this. 
Yeah. You know, but I know you well enough now that, you, you know, you can hear. They've heard the pro demos. They know that, you know, and they know I have cuts right? where the so bar is at. Yeah. And so <laughs> they can. Oh, yeah. Let's hear the new stuff, you know. But I don't lead with that, with a new relationship. I lead with fully demoed, well-produced songs that represent me and an awareness of where the radio is. And maybe you don't have the full demo. That's fine. Do a good guitar vocal or a good piano vocal or you know, something like that. Or like I said, if, if the best you have is singing into a iPhone, then do the best version of that you can. Yeah. But don't, don't try to outkick your coverage, you know, exactly. like if you're going to try to work up a demo, uh, you better, you better be doing it pro, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, not for nothing. I, Hey, we got killer discounts on that kind of stuff with the best guys in Nashville, if that's what you want. Mm. But don't, I hear so many people making excuses for why they don't want to spend the money. Yeah. You know, well, a good producer should be able to hear a good song and, uh, you know, so they're, it's on them if they can't take this, mm-hmm. get the vibe that I'm trying to put across, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, you may not be getting to the producer. You may be getting to the producer's assistant's assistant who just got out of Belmont and has never heard a guitar vocal in their life. Yeah. They only hear stuff on the radio. And, and, so they don't and, know. and, and if they're listening to a stack of stuff that's been submitted to that producer, mm-hmm. uh, 99.9% of it's going to be pro demos. And here's right. your thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, all that needs to be taken in. And and here's one thing too. If you're a, um, you know, if you're playing for a publisher and you play them, you know, your song that's fully produced and it's a bad song, just like, you know, if you play a good song and it's, and it has a good demo, you look like that much more of of a professional like maybe the song is not 100 there but it's all right you know but it sounds good okay you understand you can take it from start to finish if it's a great song that's even better because they're like i got something i can pitch today best case scenario right if it's an but if it's a bad song and you demo it they go wow they spent money on this they don't even know it's a bad song yeah like they don't even know that's not worth the money and you yeah. end up looking more of an amateur yeah demoing songs that are not ready to demo and yep. plus you're less likely to get good feedback like if you go and play a good guitar vocal or even like the best case you know work tape they're more likely to give you feedback on it going yeah you could do this here maybe this here they may give you some bits and pieces if you play full demo they're probably not going to because really are going to go in and you know rewrite that second verse or change that chord structure in the bridge and spend another 800 bucks yeah. And you know what? Be aware of that. Be aware of that too. When you're, when, if you're considering recording the demo, make sure that you got somebody that's going to produce it for you. Um, and, and, and help you that with that kind of feedback that you were just talking about saying, Hey, we could do this or that and be open to it yeah. from somebody who is, who's done a lot of demos. You know, I have some, um, you know, some of the people in the song demo program, they just like, no, I, they're sticklers about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not the way I sang it in the work tape. And right. I'm like, but if we did the vocal this way, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a nuance to bringing a, a singer in that you chose to do the job and then letting them do their job. Right. Yeah. If the singer felt going this way and it works, then it may not be exactly what you sang, but you know, you're not singing on the damn demo for a reason. Right. Oh, like, right so, yeah. so, but some people won't let that go. And so then mm-hmm. they, create bad demos because they're really what they're really trying to do is somehow manifest like 100% of their creativity on this thing, as opposed to understanding that, you know, even if you're the songwriter in a band, but you're not the singer, you got to let the singer do their thing. Yeah. Right. Cause that's, and your, your thing is writing the song. Their thing is interpreting the song yeah. and it might not be exactly your interpretation, but if you want to do a solo record with just your interpretation, God bless, go do that. But they're got to do their thing mm-hmm. and, and, and make that happen. And so, you know, sometimes uh, you can get a song that maybe, you know, could be worthy to pitch, but I've had it before where they're just like, no, 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 this is, I want, you know, five verses. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, I, this is what I want to say. And you're like, well, well, we'll cut that. God bless you. You're paying us. We'll do whatever you we'll want. Cut, but I'm just we'll telling cut you. that and your checks. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Work for hire. Yeah. You know, so, so be aware of that. Like just try to get with somebody. If you, if you're not, if you're just kind of getting into it, you just want to make sure you get with somebody that 
has some uh, that, that, that can communicate that to you and then play around with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and maybe you come up with a demo. Your first demo is this sort of idiot tax that we all pay where you're like, oh, yeah. you know, okay. So, so that's a good demo because it's a stepping stone and you weren't going to make the next demo. That's going to be way better without going through that one first. The only way out is through, but don't pitch that. Right. <laughs> right. Just to say I did a demo. Well, it's, it's not, then yeah. you don't know what a good demo is and what a good song worth demoing is. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that helps y'all figure out if you get a position to play a song for a publisher, then hopefully this stuff will help lead you in a direction that you feel confident going in and will help maximize that opportunity. And if you are interested in playing for a publisher and having an opportunity. Hold on, one more thing, one more thing before you go down that road. I I just want to remind, we said this before, but I think it bears repeating. When you're considering making a demo or not making a demo, or I'm going to change the language, when you're considering investing in yourself to make a demo or not investing to make a demo, just remember that all the hit songwriters on Music Row, Brent included, get their songs demoed. Because they got to compete, you know? And so, you know, when you have, you know, Ashley Gorley can call up any record label because he knows them all and knows all the people. He's probably made money for all of the major labels and say, I got a new song. You want to hear it? Are they going to listen to it? Absolutely. But why does his publishing company spend the money to to make the demo if it's Ashley Gorley and they know they're going to listen to it? Mm. Because it's got to compete. You know, so yeah. guys, just it's it's you know, if you got you got to bring the right tools to the game. If you're yeah. going to dig a hole for a swimming pool, you can you can do it with a spoon and do it yourself and take forty years, or you can pay some money, bring in a backhoe, be done in a day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So uh, just on that note, because I think people, you know, they're looking for reasons not to invest in themselves, and and uh, what, what, that brings a perspective to it, man. If the hit guy's got to do it. Are you man. better than Ashley Gorley? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because he's competing against Shane McAnally on the and Josh Osborne on the songs they aren't writing together. So he's That's right. at the highest level. Okay. So uh, I have a play for publisher event coming up through songwritingpro.com. And our guest this time is Matt Lindsay. He's the head of Matt Lindsay Music. He is, uh, he's, man, secured cuts like Garth Brooks, George Strait, uh, Bonnie Raitt, Willie Nelson, Trisha Yearwood, uh, all kinds of people. Just crazy. He's been in the business a long time, knows what he's doing, knows a ton of people. And so he's agreed to come in, listen to 10 songs I'm going to pick for him. And I'm picking out of your song. And so you send them in. We limit it to 250. I pick the top 10 that I think will catch his ear. That's something he can do something with and help you both make money. And then we're going to get together on a video conference face-to-face from anywhere in the world. And he's going to listen to your song, give you feedback, and you can ask him some follow-up questions. So it's an at-bat with the publisher. It's a, it's a door opener, not necessarily a deal closer, but we've had some people get excited about songs going, Ooh, glad I have a copy of that now. Thank you. Let's talk later. Call me next time you're in town. When you come yep. through, come by the office, say hi. It's, it's a door opener. So um, we're having that come up. The deadline to get your song in is September 1st. Man, work tapes are welcome. We have, I've had work tapes make it through. I've had demos make it through. I've had pop songs, country songs, you know, Matt really specializes in country and bluegrass is really where he's aiming most right now to my understanding. And again, I'm going to listen to the ones I think are going to be something maybe he can make some money with for both of you guys. And just going to, you know, make a good impression for you. And also um, everyone who enters a song though, gets to watch the, the replay, the video replay. So you won't be there live watching us. It'll just be the 10 top writers and me and Matt. But we're going to record it, and you get an hour and a half of him listening to the top songs, giving his honest feedback of why he thinks it would work, why why it wouldn't work. It's valuable information. The feedback, you know, the back and forth between him and the writers, and lets you get a sense of what it's like to be in a real publisher meeting because this is for real. This is live ammo. This is really a publisher meeting. People really start yep. and give you a sense of where the pulse uh, uh-huh. of the industry is right now. Yeah, you know, because he's going to. Talk about stuff that's important to him, where he thinks things are going, what works, what doesn't, and why. And and you get it, you get to watch the video replay of that, of the real deal happening, be kind of behind the curtain, which by itself is is worth the price of admission. Which Heck is, yes. So anyway, um, and so we have people that just you know get a ticket and don't even send a song, and they just want to watch the replay because they're in education mode, and that's great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So the way to find out more about that is to go to giftfrombrent.com and download my free ebook. 
think like a pro songwriter and it gets you on the songwriting pro insiders list. And that way I send you the details about this and we do these quarterly. So if you're listening to this in the future, I probably have another one right around the corner. And so you'll be on the list to get information about that. And Hey, I want to help you write like a pro do business like a pro and connect to the pros. And this definitely falls within connect to the pros and he's going to then help you learn to do business and write like a pro. So it's a win, win, win. And so again, that's giftfrombrent.com. Nice. All right, guys. Well, if you haven't joined the climb community again, please do so subscribe to the podcast, get all the episodes in there. If you feel so compelled, please leave a five-star rating or review. It only takes about 20, 30 seconds. We will read it on the air and make you famous. And uh, finally tell somebody about it. If there's something in a podcast episode that, that really was beneficial to you, valuable to you, share it with somebody else, put it up, post it up on social media, tell people about it, turn them on to it because they're going to benefit from it too. And, and that's what we want to have. And this, this, I mean, we're here for you. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.